It's time once again for our broadcast, Good News and Better News, where we spend 22 minutes advancing the theory that life really does not suck. And now, here is our host, author, screenwriter, and podcastman, Jonathan Richard Kring. I guess we're all dying to get to heaven. No one seems to be able to get past that dying thing. I guess maybe it's the final test? That moment when everybody discovers just how much of a chicken shit we really are. So so I guess if dying is fast and guaranteed to snuff you in a quick moment, you could just kind of hold your breath and Go with it. You see, here's the problem. You know what I'm going to say. Some deaths, some deaths are long, miserable, fussy, painful. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I don't want to talk about this anymore. Did you start this? Oh, yeah, I remember. Dying to go to heaven, that was it. See, See, that's the problem, you know. You understand? That's what they make you do. Listen, guys, here's the the, the game. You get to go to heaven, but you have to die first. People have sought other alternatives. There are are always those people who exercise all the time, thinking they're going to live to be in a hundred, and by maybe by that time, we'll discover immortality. But then suddenly you see these people... They drop dead from the stress of the exercise. And by the way, here's a thought. Hmm. What if heaven ends up being just like earth, except you maybe can eat carbs? That's pretty damn special. Think about it. Slow down. Or if heaven is full of orgasms without the need for foreplay and cuddling. (laughs) I've got your attention, don't I? What if there are 10 billion heavens for everyone who's ever lived on the planet Earth? I mean, one for every soul who ever speckled this planet. Just their own special corner of the universe I, you know I've thought about that you know and you know, it, 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 it has that uh, that temp what do you call temporary appeal because even if I surrounded myself by stuff I liked would I want a heaven with no companionship and what will the companionship be like anyway since we're we're kind of warned that there's probably not sex. God, I, I just hope it's not book clubs. I, I also hope it's not prayer meetings, singspirations, and Bible studies. I, for one, never want to see another Bible once I die. If the guys up there in the heaven place who said all this shit can't remember it, then let's just, let's just forget it. See, because this this Bible, this 
good book, as they call it. Sometimes it makes me happy, but equally it makes me angry. I especially am angry with people who quote nagging words from the book, like flies from the air they put in a jar to watch them flit around until they finally die. Let me get something straight. I I like, let, let me, what would be a good example? I like, here, I like the book and the movie Gone with the Wind. But reading that book did not make me want to live on a southern plantation and own slaves. I, I, I got past that, you know? I didn't say, boy, that sounds good. Hey, hey, just having your own darky. <laughs> I didn't do that. It, 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 didn't, it didn't happen to me that. But it didn't cause me to throw away the story nor throw away the movie. There was still a great message there, a great union of ideas there. That's the way I feel about the Bible, you know? The Bible's full of bigotry. It's full of animal sacrifice. Are you kidding me? It's full of human sacrifice. It's full of misogyny against women. It's, it's full of the mistreatment of children. If you're just going to take it on phase five, or you're just going to sit down and rig it from cover to cover, you're going to go, wow, this is a mixed bag. But it's also full of a great story. It's full of the elements, the fibers of emotion and spirit that hold this planet together. But it's also being read by people who worship stupid. You know what I'm talking about. There are people who just, I don't care what they say. I don't care what the science book says. I don't care what my doctor tells me on them there charts they got from the East Coast or West Coast or wherever it was. Here's what I believe and my grandpa believed it and I believe it until the day I die and I'm going to die sooner because I believe it. Because I don't go for treatment. <laughs> Some people worship stupidity. Here's the problem. They... Shit. They work off the same book I do. God, it makes me hate myself sometimes. It, make, it, makes me, it makes me want to punch myself in the face. Are you still reading the Bible? Oh, there. There's your punishment for that because that guy over there is using it to condemn people and, and treat women badly and hurt folks. But I can't walk away from it. I can't. Don't, don't, don't. Don't let somebody be stupid and walk away from the only thing that's proven to offer a universal, divine, and abiding love. You see, I, I hear people say, I, just yesterday somebody said, there can't be a heaven if there's no hell. I don't know. I'd be willing to have a little less of heaven to pass it around if we could do away with hell. I'm in for that game. I'm just, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to be happy about somebody burning forever in a lake of fire? 
even if they were fishermen, they're not going to catch anything in that lake. Except a really bad burn. I don't have any relatives I'd wish that upon, and I don't even have any enemies. I want to know who, who comes up with some of this stuff. Sometimes I become more of an atheist when I read the Bible. I have more faith when I think about God than I do when I read about him because the things they tell me about him, Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah and him too. But God has certainly gone through some transformations, or is it us? Have we gone from the point where we figured that the best way to take care of a sore on your foot was to cut off your leg to where now we actually treat it with antibiotic cream? Pretty good transformation, don't you think? Foot amputation, antibiotic cream, and a popsicle. I threw the popsicle in there. Not necessarily part of the diagnosis or the treatment, but I think it is a really good thing. Or maybe we just don't know God at all. And the guesses we've made up about him have just <laughs> gradually evolved <laughs> like a creaky tin man. And I'll get my oil can. We're trying to evolve and understand God. <laughs> I'd like a heaven where lobster does not have to be taken out of a shell. I don't get that. Do you? Why do we have to work so hard to get our lobster? It's, it's unchristian. It's ridiculous. It's not something that Jesus would ask me to do. There you go. There's my new religion. We are going to be a church of the 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 shell-free lobsters, believing that if there is a God, there is somewhere we're in the pursuit of shell-free lobsters. What a, We've made watermelon, after all, without seeds. I'm so glad about that. I don't have to worry about my Aunt Mary. She used to turn her head in disgust every time I spit out one of the black seeds. Ew, she was such a... She was such a crank. She didn't, she didn't like it when I spit my watermelon seeds. But she told me, now listen to this, you ready? She told me this when I was five years old. She said, if you swallow watermelon seeds, if you swallow watermelon seeds, you're going to grow a watermelon in your belly. Church, that's cruel shit for a five-year-old. When you're five, you believe stuff like that. It's like, oh, really? Uh, tell me more. No, 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 don't tell me more. No, tell me. Gosh. So I remember one day accidentally swallowing one, kind of sucking it out like that. And for the next two weeks, every time my stomach quivered, I was convinced that I was growing a watermelon. See that? that that's not heaven. 
Matter of fact, I, I hear, I hear. God, are you listening? Oh, good. Thank you. I figured you were there. Thank you. God, I want you to understand, I would like to request right now that my section of heaven, whatever it is, has no Aunt Mary. But you've been promised heaven. Yeah, and you. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I'm sure sometimes you walk around and you think, oh, I, yeah, I can dig that. I'm, I'm pretty cool this week. I, I'm, I'm worthy of heaven. And sometimes you know. This is not a place. This, this is not. This is not for you. Who, who promised you this, or whom promised it to you? It was promised by a myriad of Bedouin peasants who wrote on tablets of stone, sending a message over thousands of years. <laughs> oh yeah, that that seems a uh, real reliable. Something we can really count on. Could we have somebody a little more current? Maybe we could get the promise of heaven from a scientist who's living today or a really cool Hollywood star could promote the idea to us that there is a heaven and we can we can possess it and be part of it. But see, this is not it. You know, you and me, you and me, we're stuck with a guy named John, an apostle, who is who is put on an aisle called Patmos because he was so old and beat up and bedraggled, who supposedly in his, I guess in his 90s, probably tormented by dementia, dare I say, maybe, you know, not knowing the dangers of opium a little bit on the stuff, who had a vision of heaven. And we're supposed to go, well, that's it right there. That that 90-year-old guy stuck on an island by himself, half crazy with dementia, you know, snorting some opium. Yes, that's what I want to count on. <laughs> that is what I would call reliable, take it to the bank. Really? There are times that I think I belong in heaven, and there are times that truthfully I... I know I, I've had one of those weeks. You know what I'm saying? I know that I've had one of those me weeks, and when I die, you should just bury me out in the backyard next to the dog. But no streets of gold, please. Pearly gates. Do you read this stuff? Per streets of gold, pearly gates. This is one damn high-class neighborhood. Of course, there is a ritual involved. They tell us about how to get there. You just can't go to heaven. You can't call up TripAdvisor and say, uh, book me. I noticed your price was good this week. No, you've got to uh, get a hold of some sort of mystical approach go through some process which secures your reservation because once you've completed the form and you get baptized in some acceptable way, then you live under what they call grace. You got to learn how to say it even. It's not grace. It's grace. It's grace. You've, you've got to say it just a little bit of English 
so everybody will know that you understand the, the full extent of it, the great depth of God's grace. Oh, maybe a little Scottish in there. I don't know. Just God's grace. Are you living, are you living my child, under God's grace? You go, oh, man, this must be something, this grace, because when you start doing thing with, things with a Scottish accent, it's serious shit. It is. Are you living under God's grace? Now, you probably are going to like the idea of grace a lot. You see, grace gives you the ability to pull up lame and then just dip your head and claim to everybody around you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just human. And I rely on the mercy of God to cover my multitude of mishaps. <laughs> Hear the crowd. <laughs> what a good deal. You get to go to heaven whether you screw down or you screw up. So what's the gig? What's, what's the real story here? What, what are we supposed to do here, by the way? Check this out. Are you with me? hope so because I'm still talking. You have no heaven if you don't respect the earth. For the true evidence that you believe in heaven is when you open up a branch office right here on earth. God, me, and sons, Incorporated. Come in, we're open every day, except Sunday, of course. Let's not be stupid. Open daily for bread. What a great slogan, don't you think? God, me, and sons, Incorporated. Open daily for bread. Now, granted, it may not be as fancy as a headquarters, this little, this little establishment, this little brick and mortar of life you've set up here. But you still walk off the, you still work off the same mission statement. So the evidence that you believe in heaven is not you walking around believing in hell and privately wishing you could plan the guest list for both locations. I'm a party planner for heaven and hell, so be nice to me. <laughs> We're going to know you believe in heaven by how you confirm it in your dealings, your interactions, the grease you share with others here on earth. Some people screw God. They screw everybody until Sunday morning. And then they contest their sins in a little prayer, nibble a cracker, sip some juice, and stumble out the door to begin the charade all over again convinced that they're free of responsibility. I got absolution. It's right here in my back pocket, just in case the heavenly cops pick me up. But see, this leads to a life of despair. Despair, there's the word. And your despair does nothing but advertise God's ineptness. I believe in God, but I'm a miserable son of a bitch. So that gives you an idea of who I worship. <laughs> Your complaining draws attention to God's procrastination. Well, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying, and God hasn't answered. Would you like to come to church with me? Hmm. 
I asked God to heal my foot, but I guess he's not going to. His will be done, bastard. Wow. That sounds great. Where do I sign up for that? You see, your bigotry proves that he does not love the whole world. I like everybody. I just like my own kind better. What's wrong with that? God bless because if you look at two scriptures and people are doing this are you with me the first one is it's not God's will that any should perish the second one is is homosexuality is an abomination to God and then pause. And you think to yourself, which one do I like better? It's not his will that any should perish. I'm just going to be honest with you. That scripture's too pussy for me. It's too pussy. Now, this one about the homosexuality and abomination, that's got some manly teeth to it. I kind of, I kind of that. Because for some people, heaven sounds sweeter if other folks are going to eat shit and die. Here's the truth. You're making a heaven on earth whether you realize it or not. Or else you're providing. Providing for the information. Dare I say proving through your life that there's a hell. Different types of hell, don't you think? There's painful hell. There's bitchy hell. There's racist hell, and there's holier-than-thou hell, and there's just the hell that comes in our lives when we sprout a frown and give up on the whole idea of being human. But if you do realize it, you, if you do realize it, if you do realize that you're making heaven on earth and you die, hopefully quickly, no pain. You die and there ends up being a heaven of God's making. It's going to blow your damn mind. And if there is no heaven. Don't say that. Yeah, I'm saying it. Because it does cross our minds. If, there, if for some reason there ends up being no heaven, you will still have made the earth the best place you could possibly imagine. You see, the good news is that an inordinate lots of people believe that we're all going to die and see a place called heaven. But the better news is that we can go out right now. How about right after the broadcast? How about when we get done here? We can go right out and have so much joy, peace, so much understanding, giddiness, and revelry that you just won't care one way or another whether there's a heaven or not because God has blessed your life to enjoy what you got right in front of your nose. 
That's it for today. Stay tuned next week when we will gather once again and find ways to put the pin back in the grenade. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media and at goodnewsandbetternews.com.